0: The Collaborating Conversation podcast is for avid book readers, book lovers, and authors. Listen to this podcast as we talk more about the art of writing, stories behind books, and the hands that created them. So stay tuned and enjoy our show.
1: Welcome to the Collaborating Conversations podcast. Today's episode is part three of the Founder Series Deep Dive by author Emmanuel M. Arriaga. So these these two pieces of art are unreleased so special, uh, a special snapshot so these art pieces were specifically commissioned for um, for the third book uh, and so these are this is Tirvis, the Ageless Empire, Emperor and this is um, Anima, the Ageless Empress so his wife Ooh. and so this is the the Emperor and Empress of the Tusan Empire and so you can kind of see um you know, they are both warriors at the heart. So, um, so, uh, you know, Tirovis is more of your traditional like warrior, you know, he uses a great sword, you know, he, um, he, he's really, you know, is kind of like a front lines person And Anima is more of a assassin. Um, oh, I was going you know,
0: with mage. cool. Uh, I was thinking more mage with the magic fingers, but I guess that would also be, like you No, know,
1: she, she's a mage killer and so it's intentional. So she, she is, um, she is an assassin. And so she, she uses subterfuge and, um, she's a Cephas killer, um, by design. And so she, um, she kind of leads the, you know, she's been in the shadows behind the scenes for the first and second book. I haven't really talked about her at all, Mm -hmm. but I introduced her in the third book. Um, and you, and you, 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 you learn very quickly that she is ruling you know, in step with Tirovis, right? So they have this, you know, they they both are the Tuzan Empire, right? The Emperor, Empire, in terms of like, you know, Tirovis is more the, the figurehead, you know, the front line figurehead, you know, and, and Anima, Anima works from behind the scenes, you know, and so she she's cutting the deal, she's talking to people, getting things done on the back end. She's more so killing people. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, you know, so she you know, her order um, is a special um a special um order of um uh basically uh um C-Fist assassins that also are very good at hunting um sentinels and so sentinels are the silent hand of the Houston Empire right so Dexter's a sentinel uh sentinels are, are kind of like these stealth these stealth troopers that use um you know they 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 infiltrate. You know they execute. They use sniper rifles. You know they use um, you know camouflage. You know uh, cloaking technology. You know they you know they kind of go in. They monitor, and then they you know eliminate targets. Right, and so they're the they're the Huesian Empire's assassins and spies. Right, and Anima has basically you know her she she built up this order whose primary purpose is to counter the sentinels. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of sentinels are, are very powerful Cephas, uh, because they kind of have to be, you know, in order to, um, you know, to spy on people, usually telepaths, um, telepathy is, is the primary thing that sentinels focus on. Um, but her, her order, um, is focused on finding and weeding out sentinels, right. Uh, and, and, and killing them you know, and, and, you know, kind of operates in the shadows, just like the Sentinels do, but by nature of how her order was built, they are also Cephas killers. And so the worst thing, you know, like Anima up against Sock would be a very scary fight Um, because, you know, everything in Anima's arsenal is to kill a Cephas. Right. Uh And so, you know, it's a very interesting, you know, she's a very interesting character. I haven't <coughs> talked about it all yet, but she, is a very powerful character who, whose story, you know, um, when, uh, is pivotal to the, to the broader founder universe. Um, yeah, leave it at that.
0: Uh, um, characters. <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, awesome. When developing, but yeah, are you kind of, so, doing, uh, are you kind of doing a, um, a character balance? Like, like, you know, like in video games, you have to balance, your assassins you're like you know team fortress 2 like everyone kind of played that at some point right um <clears throat> you know you have to care you have to balance the game so are you kind of thinking this from a dm where you have to balance your characters like you have to develop one that can take one other out but has certain weaknesses and advantages and right because clearly these are well defined and very detailed characters
1: yeah i mean like i said like so Tiribus is is more of the frontline soldier anima is more of the behind you know so like they they complement each other, right? Yeah. You know, cause, uh, you know. So like, if Lenret were to face Anima, right? Like, Lenret and Tiravis are very similar in terms of their skill set and abilities. You know, and so that would, you know, that would be a threat to Anima. You know, like she's not her skill set is not defined, the you know defined to fight Tiravis or Lenret, right? She's, you know. Tirovis is designed to fight Linrette, right? (laughs) You know, so, um, you know, and so, you know, there's, there's a balance between the classes in that respect. Do you kind of Uh, view
0: it as like being a dungeon master? Like when you're, when you're writing these characters and trying to develop that story, like, are you thinking ahead, what would be a good attack, a good defense, a good like counter, a good counter? counter?
1: uh, Not so much for the characters, it's more so for the classes. So each character in my universe has a, has a defined class. Okay. and each class,
0: uh, That's their race, right? Huh? Is that their race? Is that essentially their class?
1: Or no, their no, no, no. There's, there's different races and there's different classes. Okay. Um, so here, let me, let me finish going through the races and I'll talk about the classes. So the remaining races were, um, yeah, you never answered my question. How many races do you have? <laughs> yeah. So the, so the Kentar, the Hughes the John Sorinta, the Kuvin, the lexameni Susan, which are, you know, you can count them as separate, but they're not really. The Uri, uh, the Vampyr, um, I don't have any Vampire character art yet. It's some, that's probably the next thing I'm going to get done. But the Vampyr are like these super, um, you know, they're vampires, but they're not. You know, it's like um, <laughs> um, I, I, I wanted to have a, a species you know, that kind of, you know, a sci-fi species that elicited feels of of vampirism or vampires. Um, Tell me you're a vampire without telling me you're a vampire. Yeah. (laughs) And so they're, you know, they, their culture is very, um, you know, uh, very much in that lore. Um, And then there's the Irritine, which is a species that I introduced in the second book, Um, they're these, they're like these corded tubular, uh, they're, they're one of the first species that I introduced that looks completely alien. Mm. Um, and there are more I plan to introduce, but they're, they're the first that, you know, if you look at them, like they do not have a humanoid appearance. Um, and they, you know, they do not move like humans. They, uh, their appearance is very otherworldly and that comes across in the, um, you know, they're 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 the they're this founding species for the Ashna Maiden, so the irritine. Um and so um, you know, that's a species that I introduce in the second book.
0: Is there uh, kept a lot
1: of them humanoid? Is that just more easy drawing or no? I mean, I always intended to, you know, the you know, the, the current ones are humanoid, but they you know, that's in, in many ways, that's because that's you know those are the species that are you know more easily able to form alliances with right yeah. and so a vast majority of the story so far is taken place you know in the Husian alliance right you know or in the Husian alliance space right and so you know the Husian Alliance is this collection of the Kentar the Husians the Huxum, the Dasfen Um, the Ori, the vampire, the humans, um, you know, and, and a few other species that I, I taught, I mentioned briefly, but don't go into a lot of detail on, um, and, and all those species, you know, are, have humanoid characteristics, you know? And so it's, it's, um, you know, and so that's, you know, in some ways it kind of talks about the biases, right. You know, and so those, those, you know, that alliance is made up of species that, you know, they look very different from each other, but they still have similar characteristics. Whereas when you start branching out further from Hughes and Lion space, you start to see species that are drastically different. And then, you know, the, those relationships aren't always very, you know, peaceful yeah. between the species because there's there's that lack of shared humanity um, in, in appearances, you know. Um, and so the irritine is one of those first species that I introduce. And and it's not, it's no surprise that you know, they're one of the outer rim species. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, their, their section of space is part of the outer rim, which is a section of space that is intentionally bordered and separate from the Houston Alliance. Right. Uh, and and so, you know, because of that othering, they're, they're, they're kind of forced to create their own society and, you know, they're more accepting of everyone. Right. See, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, the choosing, which, you know, uh, the history and the lore, they're kind of forced out of the Husian homeworld, uh, you know, and, and put on this, this exodus, um, you can kind of think, you know, basically, you know, you can kind of envision that they're put on these massive arc ships, right. And they're forced to leave Husean, uh, space. Right. And they, you know, they, so they, they are, you know, forced to find a new homeworld. Um, oof.
0: I thought, uh, I thought and getting evicted so, out
1: of an apartment would be bad. Not much less getting evicted out of your home planet. Yeah, and so that's the result of the division war. The Tuzans lose the, the division war, and so the Husians win. And you know, the remaining Tuzans, you know, as part of the as part of the 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 demands of the Husians winning the war and the Tuzans losing the war, the Tuzans are forced to leave the planet, um, and so they build these massive ships. You know these colony ships, and they put the, the these colony arc ships, and they put the tuzans on them, and they say good luck, and they kick them out of Tuzin space, uh, and then you know the the Tuzins, you know, uh, you know I'll share how they you know because they get they they end up settling on a planet very far away, and so I end up talking about you know that more in the prequel, you know, as to how they you know they're able to establish their new homeworld of New Thai, um, and. uh, <laughs> know and build a galactic empire you know that rivals the 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 huesian empire um you know very quickly um you know that that's all in the the prequel plan in the prequel series um a series that i plan to write um that talks about the origins of tiravis because tiravis you know he's been the he's been the tusan emperor for like thirty thousand years right and so he he, you know, he's an immortal like Lenret, and Anima's is also an immortal like Lenret. You know, and so those two immortals, they kind of become the the founder equivalent for the Tuzen people. You know, but like they came they came after the war, right? Like they weren't, you know they they weren't alive, you know, during the time that Lenret and Sislot and you know and Eknix were alive. You know, they're they're much younger, but they're you know so they're kind of like a new generation of immortals that bring the Tuzans out of their loss and, you know, rebuild that empire. Um, uh, but yeah, those are, those are um, some of the species, you know, there's a lot more, I don't have an exact count, um, but, um, you know, like, them, it sounds like you have at least 10 plus. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot more than that. Um, Cause I didn't even talk about the, the anesmic, the anesmic species. So those are those are just species, you know, some of the species from the, the, the twin galaxies, the Haven plane, um, which is the plane of existence that, you know, everyone in the twin galaxies lives in. But there's a whole other plane of existence called the Inesmic plane. And there's a whole host of species that are native to the Inesmic plane um that you know are fully developed species with characteristics and you know things like that isn't that what happened yeah. at the end um i think it was remy
0: or i forget the name of the remy, yeah, she got kind of teleported over there
1: right she got pulled into the nesma plane or the other plane yeah and she meets the relish kill who are like these angelic beings and the eshgren are their counter uh their counter their counter species they're the same species except um you know
0: and here i thought i had an over-imagination over-imag- and you, you've developed a whole world like this is just amazing like yeah galactic
1: world <clears throat> um to your question about classes so the so those are those races so like if i look at classes i've created you know i you know i have a, a extensive D background right and so yeah I wanted to have every every character in my story, you know, has some class that they're a part of, right? Because if you think about like a D anD D story, right, like there is, you know, everyone has a class, um, you know, and that class is ultimately like, you know, what their training is in, what their mm-hmm. skill set, what weapons they use, what abilities they have, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are many different classes that people, you know, fall into in the founder universe. You have your Cephas, who's kind of like your wizard. Um, you have the Argans who are like your, you know, your specialized wizards, you know, they use a different form of a Nes- you know, they use raw nesmic energy versus Cephas who manipulate a nesmic energy. You know, so the Argon is like a you know, like, you know, like an advanced wizard. Uh, it's it's basically an order, you know, so it's like a Argents, like you can think of them, you know, a good amount, you know, a good comparison is like the Jedi order. So like there are, um, the Argens have a rank system, you know, so when someone comes in, you know, you have to have C ability. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like in the star Wars universe, you have people who are force sensitive, but not everyone's a Jedi. Right. Uh, and so you have a lot of people who are force sensitive, but only some people who, you know, go become Jedi's go through Jedi training. So, the same concepts exist between Cephas and Argents. So, Cephas are people who have, you know, ability and, you know, have training, but just focus around Cephas. Argents are people who have, you know, been specially trained from, you know, a certain age um, in, a, in, a, uh, in, this, in this unique order. You know, so you start as an Argon initiate, you become an Argon acolyte, you know, as you progress in ability and go through trials and training um and then you become an Argon seeker you know once you graduate from bec- from becoming an argent you know after after you finish your apprenticeship um you know uh and then you know you have your argent knights um you know who are uh you know who have mastered a specific school um uh in in in, in their you know argent and then you have shapers who are kind of like your Jedi masters. Like these are people who are, who are the best of the best, who have mastered multiple, if not all, the schools of Cephism, you know. Uh, and then you have your ruling leadership, you know, like the Argent General, the Argent Counselors, the First Argent, um, you know. And so there's a whole structure for the Argents. Looking for an exciting space adventure book? A romantic young adult story? And a fantastic sci-fi read? Get The Fondra by award-winning author Emmanuel M. Arriaga today and prepare to feed your imagination with never-ending thrill ride. Um, and then you have the, um, the Shaw Hunters which are a species you know a class that i introduced in the second series in the second book Mm -hmm. Uh, and so the shah hunters so i talk about the shah briefly in the first book so you can think about the shah as the enemies of the argents um so you know argents are all about you know having a connection to the anesmic plane and you know you know, um keeping order and balance, you know, ensuring that, you know, um, you know, there's there's kind of stability in the use of Cephism across the galaxy. Um Shah are people who use something called um um uh, uh blood weaving. Um, She's a bloodbender. So blood weaving um, is horrible. Uh, so, so if you think about anesmic energy in the galaxy, um, give me another. Hmm? Can you give me a refresher? Yeah, so anesmic energy comes from the anesmic plane, and so you know it's a, it's a revealed you know in the second book that. Um, you know, a energy was allowed to flow, or no? It's revealed in the first book that a lesbian energy was allowed to flow into the twin galaxies in a response to uh, Sogrin's first reign of terror uh, when he first, or when it, because Sogrin has no gender, when Sogrin first came and uh, attacked the twin galaxies for reasons. Um, you know, they didn't really have a way to fight back because there were no Cephas, there were no people who had a connection to the desert plane, there was no manipulation of Sephistic energy or Nesbic energy. And so Sagarin just decimated, you know, entire, you know, wiped out entire species, wiped out, you know, most of the galaxy, um, you know, completely just wiped planets and whole species off the map. Right. Uh, and so um, what the, the relish Kel who are this uh, species that are reveal that kind of police, the Nesbic plane, um they in response to that whole event, they um they open up and allow anesmic energy to flow into the the Haven plane, which changes everything, right? Because that essentially changes the laws of physics, right? Yeah, it, it changes everything because you know you basically everything you know in the founder universe today is based off of uh, <laughs> that 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 whole concept of anesmic energy flowing throughout the, Ines, uh, throughout the Hava Plain. So, you know, Cephism, the whole, you know, use of Cephism, you know, different species like the Das Fen having this telepathic connection to each other, like mm. that's all because of anesmic energy, right? Uh, and so, you know, these whole species came to exist in the ways that they exist today because a long time ago, Um, you know, yeah, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, you know, the, um, the, they opened up and allowed anesmic energy to flow. Mm. And so entire species have come to exist and, um, develop, um, with anesmic energy, you know, as a core part of who they are, um, that didn't exist when sovereign destroyed the galaxy prior. Right. And so, um, it's very interesting because the um, energy, in many ways, is the life force of of, of everything, right? Uh, you know, and and so you know, it it is the essence of life, as the Relish Kale call it. Um, and you know it, you, you know, um, and so what happens when you twist that, right? Well, that's where you get blood weaving because if everything is influenced by and like energy if everything you know is built on the basis of this right like what happens if you manipulate people's in, inherent energy right like what if you Ooh. like what if you can use people to fuel your cifism that's what blood weaving is
0: uh and, and so, so it, it, it like it, like naruto uh, or something like when like you're stopping the chakra type of thing but in reality this is more of a you're using other people's energy to
1: for your own purpose, like own gain type of thing. Like you're draining their. Life. Yeah. So so instead of you know so instead of using anesmic energy to fuel your cepism, you use the life essence of other people to fuel your fucism. Obviously, horrible, right? Um,
0: and it yeah, has co- well. Does it, that cause permanent permanent damage? It kills people. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's where I wasn't sure because, like, I'm thinking like a battery where you just steal their charge or whatever.
1: No, but you, no, know, like, you, but you literally permanent. like use someone's life essence to fuel your, your magic. And that person dies and becomes a husk because you've just used them to, you know, to do something. Right. And so it's a horrible, abhorrent practice and it is the, the, the Shah or Cephas who have, who have for one reason or another decided that they're going to use blood weaving. Um, instead of manipulation of anesmic energy like normal and a lot of times there are many reasons why they do that for one you know you can be a very low um you know a very low skilled or you know not very powerful cephas but can do very powerful things with blood weaving right because you're just you're just using other people's life essence to fuel your stuff you don't have to You don't have to, you know, have a deep connection to the anesmic because one of the things that I talk about in the second book is um, everyone has some genetic um, predisposition to anesmic energy. So, and that is biological, right? So you have people who, you know, are very in tune with the anesmic, you know, have very high CFISM sensitivity levels. And you have people who have none, like Nevin. Nevin has no CSL, he has a CSL of zero, <laughs> right? He has no connection to the plane, he can't manipulate energy, he can't do anything, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, and so, you know, you what happens that? when you have people who, you know, some people who can manipulate anesmic energy and some people who can't? Well, that created the whole social structure, um you know, for, for the, the inequality and, and, you know, things. So a lot of the rich people, you know, in the twin galaxies, you know, their bloodlines are very powerful Cephas yeah. because, you know, <laughs> that, that was, that was power back in the day, right. When they were in the stone age, right. Like, you know, the people that, you know, subjugated the other people were the people who were, you know, had you know high affinity to the Nesbik. So like I said, when the Nesbik energy started flowing into the twin galaxies, mm. it changed everything. Mm. Um,
0: are and gonna so allow, are you going to allow the, um, cause you've mentioned a lot about gene editing. So are you going to allow, uh, genetic manipulation to connect, connect people to the adnismic in the future?
1: No comment, <laughs> <laughs> no comment, uh, wait and see. We'll see. Um, but no comment. Uh, so, um, <laughs> So, um, you know, so the Shah, you know, that, so the Shah exists, but, and, 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 and you have this whole order within the organs called Shah hunters,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and their whole purpose is to hunt down and kill Shah. Um, it's not to capture the them. It's not to bring them to the light.
0: Those it is the, to kill them.
1: Those are the um, ones, right? Huh? Those are the blood people. Yeah. The Shah are the blood weavers. Yeah. And so you have Shah hunters, uh, and and the and the thing that I reveal in the second book too is that blood weaving is so damaging, not just you know to the fact that you're killing people, but also to the anesmic itself. And so any area where blood weaving has been employed, um, the anesmic flow is tainted, is damaged, is uh, you know it's been forever uh, corrupted. Uh, and so you know anyone who's a who's a Cephas, um, sensitive, you know, they walk into a space that there has been blood weaving. Like they immediately feel it. They immediately get sick to their stomach. They detect our wrongness, right? Uh, and so, you know, clearly there are people who take this very seriously, and that's where the Shah hunters come in. And so, the Shah hunters have these very po- these very special blades called Rafa blades, which I introduce um, in the second book. And the uh, these blades are alive. Um and they are um I don't get into it yet, but they they are made um via a special ceremony that involves the Enesmic plane itself and the Shah hunter. So it's this special this special bond or connection between um um a Cephas and the Enesmic plane, because you know, the inesmic itself views these Shah hunters as you know as wrong. Right, and so these these hunters are are designed literally to hunt down Sha. So they can detect they can detect the, um, you know, through their blades they can detect blood weaving, right? They can mm-hmm. detect it, and so they can they can hunt it down like very a effectively. Right? Like you can just get connected to that force. Yeah. And so, the, and so they are able to hunt down Shaw very effectively and they murder them brutally, uh, because of, of what, of the wrongness they've done. So Shaw Hunter is another one that I introduce in a second book. And then there's, um, there's space pirates, <laughs> um, which I introduced in the second book. There's Sekhnyx, which are like, um, cool. uh, uh, combat engineers, uh, there's sha, of course. I just talked about them. You know, each one of these you know classes has specific abilities, um, and uh, you know, weapons and armor. You know how, how they look. Each each class. You know, that's something that was really important for me too, because if you think about D and D lore, like every class has a unique look to them, right? Mm-hmm. And so every class in my universe has a unique look to them as well. So like a monks wears similar types of clothing. You know. Uh, a, you know, uh, you know, a Cephas, you know, has certain type, you know, robes and, you know, a Nesnic woven into them and stuff like that. Right. So they have a, an appearance. Um, there's the mistiff, the sign of Ashna, which is another class that I introduce in the, um, in the second book. So the sign, you know, so, so Sarah Elax, who is, um, the main character, uh, in the, um, in the in the second book, she is a sign of Ashna, and so scions have these these dual blades um, that are just these brutal weapons. Um, so here's a picture of Sarah Elax. Um, it just shows like her. Her brutality right so she just has these these very ornate blades that are just attached to her wrists and so like when she's in combat right like she's very deadly uh and and her blades become an extent extensions of her arms uh and so it's just very brutal um i've actually had a lot of um a lot i have a lot of concepts for sarah elek so here's uh Here's another, um, here's another view of her character. Actually, this is a better one mm. this is a view of her character. So you can kind of see it was a different take on her blades. Um, this was when I was playing around with like the, this is by a different artist. you know, so different concept for her character. Um, you know, so I've had a number of different evolutions for her character over time. Uh, you know, so this is kind of like the creation process, you know, her character. So you can see, you know, playing with different blades at some point, you know, her blades are very similar to blood rains blades.
0: Mm.
1: You know, Cause I really like that distinctive, you know, like style of, you know, these brutal, these brutal weapons, um, that just show like the brutality, the vengeance side of her character. Uh, you know, and the and the brutality of the Ashina maidens, because the Ashina maidens are this, you know, very powerful sect of all female warriors, right? And so, you know, they they exist in in the outer rim with the sole purpose of, purpose of killing pirates, right? Not capturing pilots, pirates, killing pirates, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, and so because of that, like their their character design is very, um, you know, very. Uh, efficient in doing what they're set out to do, which is kill. Right. Um, so that's sign of Ashna there's arc lights, which are these hawking, um, these hawking super soldiers and massive power armor. So the best example of that is Marcus Henson or Tempest. Uh, and this is, this is new character arc that I created for him. This is from a different artist that really was able to, you know, capture, um, his, um, his power armor, you know, just this massive power armor with this devastating lance rifle and, you know, powerful shield, you know, cause he's just a force on the battlefield. Uh, and so this is a, you know, this is an arc light. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're meant to be like, you know, if you think about a tank, right. That's like the exactly like a tanking class. Mm-hmm. Like arc lights are the tanking class. Right? <laughs> you know? It's like, uh, you know, they, they, they are designed to take hits, um, you know, on the front lines. Um, there's um uh, light sworn, which I don't, I didn't really, I created this. This is an instance where I created a class that I didn't use, um, but the lore is there, you know, and so maybe I'll introduce them at another point. And so I think you know one of the things that happens, I won't I won't I won't spoil it, but you know there's something that happens at the end of the the second book that kind of leads to um, you know uh, fixing relationship between the 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 outer rim and and the Husing Alliance, right? Uh, And so you know I'll be able to explore some of these Ashen Maiden classes that I created more because they'll be they'll be a part of. They'll you know, be a part of the Alliance. Um, and then the Ashton Maidens themselves, Red Limbs, which are just a term for soldiers, um, or no, sorry. Red Limbs are, um, the class that Len Red is. So these blade warding, these, you know, think of them as like a techno samurai. <laughs>
0: um, I remember when I read that. So I remember when I first read the book, I was playing a lot of, um, Overwatch. <coughs> and so, as soon as you mentioned a lot of these characters i remember thinking of Lunrat as like reinhardt uh the techno samurai as like a genji <clears throat> right like i i remember like and remy as um may <laughs> like i know it's not the correct connection because you don't want to connect a, ga- a game to your book but at the time that was really uh really what i was thinking about like connecting so it was just yeah <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening. Check out our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts if you enjoy the show. For more books and inspiring stories from today's authors, please subscribe to our podcast.